our Bible study tonight from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 19. We'll start from verse 12. Uh, in the beginning of the chapter, we saw how Pilate scourged our Lord Jesus Christ, and then he took him after scourging him with the crown of thorns on his head and said to the people, Behold the man. And the people replied, uh, and also with the high priests uh, and the officers, they said, Crucify him, crucify him. And uh, Pilate said, I did not find any accusation against him, any fault with him. But they crucify, They actually cried and said, Crucify him, crucify him. Uh, and they said, According to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard that he is the Son of God, or he is saying about himself the Son of God, he was actually afraid. So he took our Lord Jesus Christ inside into the praetorium and said to him, where are you from? But the Lord did not answer him, which actually offended Pontius Pilate greatly. So Pilate said to him, uh, Don't you know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? But the Lord answered and told him, You have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Uh, and actually this made Pilate eager more and more to release our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's start from verse 12. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. Uh, but the Jews cried out saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. Pilate actually exited the praetorium for the third time uh, to return to the courtyard and to address the people. Jesus' word had a profound impact on the Roman administrator and he was determined Pilate was determined to release the Lord Jesus Christ because he already actually uh, announced that he is innocent. Uh, maybe he was influenced by the word of our Lord Jesus Christ when he told him, you have no power over me unless you are granted this power from above. So, uh, Pilate actually uh, was afraid from these words and uh, decided to release the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, the Lord uh, actually acknowledged that Pilate did not bear the greatest responsibility of his mistreatment when he told him in verse 11, Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. So, Pilate recognized that the Lord Jesus Christ 
was fair enough by telling him that the one who delivered me to you had the greatest sin. Uh, and the word here, the Greek word in verse 12, Pilate sought to release him. The word sought here in Greek uh, means was anxious, was eager, was striving to release him. But the Jews proved they were the instigators of the opposition to Jesus by continuing to press for his conviction. Uh, the Jews pressed hard that Jesus will, would be crucified. And they claimed to Pilate that anyone who made himself a king would be speaking against Caesar. And if Pilate released Jesus, he would not be standing with Caesar. Uh, they told him in, in verse 12, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. Uh, Pilate actually will not be counted as friend of Caesar if he released the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and under Roman law, uh, he, our Lord Jesus Christ may be found guilty of claiming uh, titles only pertaining to Caesar, like king uh, or son of God. Although the Lord said to Pilate before, my kingdom is not of this world. Uh, but this was a threat to Pilate, and Pilate knew this threat. And Pilate could not afford to have it reported to the emperor that he had released a man who was accused of claiming the title of king of the Jews, which actually is a violation against the whole Roman Empire. Uh, and they knew that it was a claim to be a king, in a sense totally different from any which would have affected the empire of Caesar, because the Lord Jesus Christ is a heavenly king, and he made it very clear, my kingdom is not of this world. Uh, but Pilate's mind seems to be made up at once. And upon hearing their saying, his fear of Caesar beca became greater than his fear of Christ. His anxiety for himself predominated over his desire for justice. Uh, and he found he had gone too far. Uh, he had set, uh, he did not uh, sit at all on his uh, throne yet. He was continually going on and out to examine the Lord Jesus Christ and to converse with the Jews. But now it is time to sit on his throne and to make a decision. As we read in verse 13, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. So, uh, now Pilate took his place and 
he sat down as a judge. And the verdict was about to be announced because the governor sat down in the official judgment seat. Gabatha means high place. And it was their manner to have their judgment seat higher than other parts of the room where they were to symbolize authority. Verse 14. Now it was a preparation day of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he said to be to the Jews, Behold your king. Preparation day of the Passover. What does this mean? Most scholars agree that the word preparation is simply the Friday before the Sabbath, uh, the eve of the Sabbath. And St. John said it was about the sixth hour. In the three other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all of them are in agreement that the timing of Jesus' passion and crucifixion was in the sixth hour. But here we see that Pontius Pilate said to make the judgment in the sixth hour. So the question here, is, is St. John in error? Are the Synoptic Gospels in error? Is there a way that all four Gospels can agree together? Definitely neither St. John or the other Gospels are in error. We believe in the infallibility of the Holy Scripture. Uh, but most scholars agreed that St. John used the Roman time, the Roman time, which is different, uh, which means that St. John's account agrees perfectly with the Synoptic Gospel. Synoptic uh, is the title given to uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Sin, uh, S-Y-N, means the same optic vision because Matthew, Mark, and Luke more or less are the same. That's why they have the same vision. That's why we call them synoptic or synoptic gospels. So because John used the Roman time, so he was in agreement with the synoptic gospels and there is more than enough time for the Lord Jesus Christ to walk the way of sorrows and to reach Golgotha uh, by uh, 9 a.m., which is the third hour, which is the time of uh, the start of crucifixion according to Mark 15, verse 25, and then he was on the cross on the sixth hour. So, as the Jews turned their accusation against Pilate by telling him, you will not be the friend of Caesar, so Pilate angrily ridiculed them by saying to them, behold your king. Now, actually, he made up his mind to yield to them, to take a sort of quiet revenge on them by this army which he knew would offend them by telling them, Behold your king. So he decided to ridicule them before 
delivering the Lord Jesus Christ to their hands to be crucified. Verse 15, But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So this was his last attempt to save the Lord Jesus Christ from crucifixion. Uh, and if he was going to condemn an innocent man, he wanted some concessions from them in return, or at least in an opportunity to ridicule them for their uh, to ridicule them for their injustice, because now he is yielding to their request. So, when he told them, Behold your king, they called out to crucify the Lord Jesus Christ. Pilate asked if he should crucify their king. Then they claimed to have no king but Caesar. This implication was that they had no alliance to any ruler but Caesar. But this statement, we have no other king but Caesar, was pure hypocrisy. They, hate, they hated Caesar. And in their hearts and in private, they likely denied any alliance to him whatsoever. Above all, they surely knew that God was their king, as we read in 1 Samuel chapter 8 but they played hypocrite put on the false front and pretended to care about caesar they were willing to do anything to get the romans to kill the lord jesus christ uh, they were driven by pilate's hurtful remark When he told them, Behold uh, your king, this offended them. And also they were driven by their hatred of Jesus. So, uh, driven by both the hurtful remark from Pilate and the hatred of our Lord Jesus Christ, actually they denied their own highest hope. What do I mean by they denied their own highest hope? The Jews actually boasted in theocracy that they are ruled by God himself and hoped for a temporal messianic reign which should free them from Roman bondage. They who boasted that they were never in bondage to any man, as we read in John chapter 8 verse 33, they said, We were never in bondage, in bondage to any man. Uh, and who said this? The high priest. Now the high priest and the Jews are saying, we have no other king but Caesar. So they denied their hope in Messiah. They denied their hope in the uh, ruling of God. And now they uh, made uh, a statement that The only king for them is Caesar. Uh, 
why they said this? In order to drive Pilate to comply with their wishes under the dread of an accusation at Rome. Uh, St. John Chrysostom wrote about the rejection of the Messiah, the people who stubbornly refused to come into the new covenant, and they chose Rome, Rome, sorry, they chose Rome over Christ, they pronounced their own judgment. St. John Chrysostom said, they, th- they th- themselves submitted to the punishment. Therefore, the Lord handed them over. Thus, because they unanimously rejected God's government, the Lord led them to be brought down through their own condemnation. For rejecting the dominion of Christ, they brought upon themselves that of Caesar. So, so St. John Christum said, now they rejected the government of Christ. So God actually, as if they kicked God out of their life, so God delivered them to the Romans government, which ended by destruction of Jerusalem and destruction of the temple, which happened in actually in year 66 AD, the Jews revolted against Rome and in retaliation for uh, Roman legions, uh, destroyed Judea, burned down the city of Jerusalem, and destroyed the temple in 70 AD. Many of the Jewish survivors were sold into slavery. Uh, and actually, they were dispersed uh, all over the Roman Empire. Uh, Rome, uh, Pontius Pilate did not fear God, but feared the men. So Pilate, at the end, signed the condemnation to crucifixion and delivered Jesus to those who should crucify him. As we read in verse 16, then he delivered him, him, Jesus Christ, to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. Uh, Pontius Pilate, who testified several times that Christ was innocent, finally dictated his punishment as uh, a criminal. In the other Gospels, we did not see that Pilate pronounced sentence of Jesus, and also in St. John Gospel. He perhaps per- purposely avoided doing so. He just delivered the Lord Jesus Christ to uh, the Jews and to the Romans, soldiers. In delivering him to the priest, actually, he did not allow them to crucify the Lord Jesus Christ because it was prohibited according to the Roman law. But he delivered the Lord Jesus Christ to uh, the soldiers to crucify him. Uh, so the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified by the Roman soldiers, but by the approval of the Pontius Pilate and definitely 
based on the request of the uh, high priests or the chief priests. We read in Matthew chapter 27 verse 24 that Pilate washed his hand to announce that he is innocent of the judgment. However, washing his hand will not make him innocent before God. Uh, apparently, Pilate had made his final effort to save the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he decided to proceed with the crucifixion. Verse uh, 17 And he, our Lord Jesus Christ, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. St. John, in his gospel, he does not repeat much of the information found in the other gospels concerning the Lord crucifixion and death. St. John wrote his gospel in the 90s. So it was the last gospel written after Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's why whatever event or information was mentioned in other gospels, he did not repeat them. For example, he did not include that Jesus was redressed in his own clothes as Matthew mentioned in chapter 27 and in Mark 15. He did not mention there were women who mourned for the Lord Jesus Christ along the walk of sorrows. He did not mention Simon of Cyrene helped carry his cross. Uh, he did not mention our Lord Jesus Christ's final warning to the crowd. We find it in Luke chapter 23, verse 28 to 30. He did not mention the repentance of the good thief on the cross and many, many other details. Uh, some scholars have speculated that St. John omission of the encounter with Simon of Cyrene stems from the Gnostic heresy that was widespread in the later part of the first century. This heresy said that Simon of Cyrene was crucified in the place of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why St. John did not mention it in order not to enforce this heresy. However, this omission and the absence of the other events of crucifixion are completely the character of St. John because as I explained, he wrote his gospel after all other gospels. So he did not repeat the major event that were covered in the three other Gospels. Uh, so they brought the Lord Jesus Christ the, to the place of execution outside the city to a place called Golgotha. Golgotha means skull. Scholar origin referred to a tradition that said this was the place where Adam was buried. There, 
death defeated the first Adam and it changed him into dust in the same place our Lord Jesus Christ the second Adam died to abolish death and to give life back to Adam and to his descendant at the time of Jesus crucifixion Golgotha was located outside the walls of the holy city of Jerusalem not inside the walls outside because it was forbidden to contaminate the sacredness of the holy city by the presence of the dead that's why it was outside uh, also no one could be buried or executed inside the walls of Jerusalem because according to the Jewish tradition uh, death uh, is uh, considered unclean uncleanness defile and contaminate the holy city with Jesus were crucified uh, two other criminal robbers uh, probably the same class like Barabbas who was released instead of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified between them in order to identify him with the worst criminals as it is said the whole of humanity was represented there in Golgotha how come we have the sinless savior we have the saved penitent the right thief and the condemned impenitent so we have the sinless savior in the middle and the right thief represent the penitent uh, believers and the other thief represent the non-repentant people yet they did not realize that by doing this the prophecy was fulfilled that he was numbered with transgressors as we read in the old testament verse 19 now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews then many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew Greek and Latin Therefore, the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Don't write the king of the Jews. But he said, I am the king. But he said, Jesus said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. St. John alone tells us that Pilate wrote the title himself. He calls the writing on the cross a title. St. Matthew calls the writing the accusation. Mark and Luke described the writing as an inscription. This title was placed over the cross and this was common Roman 
uh, name for an inscription of the kind uh, to give information of the crime for which the sentence of crucifixion had been given. So usually they put above the head of the crucified person his crime uh, that actually mandated crucifixion. This was written in three common language uh, for the people who would see him they can read. It was written in Hebrew, the local language, Latin, which actually is the language of the empire, and Greek is the international language. So we can see the significance of the three language declaration uh, that actually his kingship written uh, to the whole world. And he is indeed the king of the kings. He is the king of the whole world, king of heaven and earth, our Lord Jesus Christ. So Hebrew or Aramaic was a common tongue. Greek was the international language. And Latin uh, is the language of uh, the world's superpower, Rome. And as I said, indeed, our Lord Jesus Christ is the universal King of Kings. And it was placed where all who passed by could see it. Uh, and the place was close to the city. So many actually were able to see it, many from the city saw it. And the reaction of the Jews implies that Pilate put the sign not to belittle the Lord Jesus Christ as much as to belittle the Jews when he said uh, Jesus of Nazareth is the king of the Jews. That's why they were bothered by it. And Pilate may have been expressing his displeasure because they forced him to execute a man. Uh, he wanted actually to release him. But they insisted and threatened him that he is not a friend of, uh, of Caesar. Uh, that's why he want actually to express his displeasure with the Jews and with the chief priest. So he wrote it this way. To make sure that the chief priest and Pharisees would be very angry. Uh, and it is ironic that despite the protest of Jesus' enemies, that the claim on the plague, uh, plague was indeed true and was proclaimed by a pagan Roman Gentile. He, Jesus actually is the king, as actually is proclaimed by uh, a pagan Roman Gentile. In any case, the Jews were humiliate, humiliated by it, and asked Pilate to remove it, but Pilate refused. Verse 23, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to each soldier a part, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said therefore among themselves, let us not tear it, 
but cast lots for it, for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. So they crucified him and divided his garment. This was customary for the soldiers to do with the clothing of the one who was crucified. They divided his clothes among them, but he had a tunic that was woven in one piece. So rather than tear it, they cast lots for it. And they fulfilled the prophecy in Psalm 22, verse 18, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. The other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, mention the soldiers rolling dice to divide Jesus' garment. But only St. John makes a distinction between the outer clothes and the seamless tunic that was not to be divided. Scholar origin observe that this tunic is symbolic for the perfect doctrine of Christ that must be preserved without a tear or division in parts. St. Cyril the Great says it symbolizes the birth of Christ of a virgin, for she remained a virgin after his birth. St. Cyprian who groaned because of the schism in the church, consider that the tunic without seam refers to the truly united church that is never torn or mended. St. Augustine wrote in a letter to the Donatist, Why do you want to divide the Lord's garment? Why do you not keep the tunic of love in the whole world? woven from the top, that tunic that even his oppressors did not tear. So he said, those who crucified the Lord Jesus Christ did not tear his tunic, but now with all the division in the church and uh, uh, the not following the true faith, we are divided, tearing actually the tunic of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. While all the disciples except John had run away, the women, his mother, and her sister, and Mary Magdalene remained with the Lord Jesus Christ by the cross. The women were not afraid of the cruelty of the wicked or the horror of the spectacle. Indeed, they could do nothing but they showed their loyalty to the end. Mary Magdalene is named in all four Gospels. Uh, Uh, 
26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. So, by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, Saint Mary, the mother of God, stood showing her affection to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, her constancy in abiding by him to the last. And now we can see how Simeon prophecy, when he told her, a sword will pierce your heart or your soul, as we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 35, it was fulfilled to see her son in such agony and sorrow. The Lord Jesus now saw his mother standing by the cross. By his death, she will be left without son as well as without husband. And in the tenderness of his love, he commits her to the care of him whom he himself had loved beyond others because beyond the other, John could receive his love. And actually, there are two points here. One point, how the Lord honored his mother. And there is a lesson to all of us to honor our parents as the Lord in the most difficult moment in his life on the cross, he did not neglect his mother. And the second point, if St. Mary had children, as some denomination claim, why these children did not take care of her? The fact actually that the Lord committed her to St. John proves that she did not have any other children as we believe in the perpetual virginity of St. Mary. When the Lord actually told her woman, this is a remarkable expression and has been much misunderstood. The word woman conveys no disrespect at all or lack of concern, as some suppose. In the Jewish tradition, the word man and woman, these titles showed much respect among the Hebrew, like in our culture, as sir and madame. Uh, but some people ask why the Lord Jesus Christ did not address her mother, why he told her woman. Probably because he wished to spare her feeling. He would not mention a name mother, the very sound of which must have pressed her heart with additional sorrow. It was rather not to increase her pain as a mother, hearing her son speaking in his last moment before his death. Also, the Lord Jesus Christ may have also desired to assert to her that he was not of this world. He therefore spoke to her, not in terms of mere blood relationship, but as St. Mary being a representative of the church that he loved exceedingly. 
St. Augustine says, that disciple, John, gained a hundred times more than he gave when he received the mother of him, of Jesus Christ, who grants everything. Verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. After this means after other events recorded by the other evangelists, such as the three hours in which there was supernatural darkness, the cry Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, uh, which is a quotation from Psalm 22 uh, that was misinterpreted by the multitude that he was calling Elijah. And after committing his mother to the care of St. John, the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that uh, all things, uh, knowing that all the grievous, grievous and terrible suffering he had to endure, were now upon the point of being accomplished. So now, few minutes uh, from giving his last. So the moment for fulfillment of the last of them is at hand, for there was only one other part, small particular thing has to fulfill. The time has come for that too, when he said, I thirst. That is the last agony. Only St. John mentioned Jesus making this statement, I thirst, which was literally true of him. Uh, what do I mean by literally true of him, true of Jesus? Because the Lord Jesus Christ had a physical body with a physical need to drink which proves the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth as human. So he is God-man, full divine, full human, and these two natures united without mingling, without confusion, and without alteration. Um, so he was perfect human with all the human characteristics. Uh, so the emphasis here to the last uh, moment that he is Truly, God who became man. Also, we can understand it spiritually of his great thirst and eager desire after the salvation of his people. St. John heard in this word, when he heard the Lord Jesus Christ saying, I thirst, the comprehensive cry which gathered up all the yearnings and agonies of his soul, which fulfilled its hard work, which expressed the significance of his suffering. 
So when he said, I thirst, was the ultimate expression of his suffering and his agony. He has fulfilled the promise of the restoration of the children of God. Uh, by his crucifixion, this promise that was given in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 to Adam and Eve, now our Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled this restoration of the children of God. Uh, and by giving him sour wine, they fulfilled the prophecy in Psalm 69, verse 21, uh, to signify his enemies multiplying afflictions upon him. As David said, they also gave me gold for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Part of these words were literally fulfilled in Christ, who was the son of David. Why there was a vessel full of sour wine? Some said it was the custom. This vessel is ready for the purpose of quenching the thirst of those who crucified, because this has some analgesic effect to uh, take care of the pain. But others said this vinegar was the sour wine, it's a cheap kind of wine, and it was kept in a large jar by the soldiers for their own drink, though the soldiers on guard they use it. Uh, criminals sometimes lived for many hours, even a day or two on the cross, so they would be guarded for a long time, uh, so the soldiers may drink from it, and also uh, they give the criminals this sour wine to help in alleviating the pain. Uh, St. John attended the crucifixion, he was there, so he had precise knowledge. Uh, that's why when the other three evangelists, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, did not mention the vessel, but St. John actually mentioned the vessel because he was standing there and he saw it. And the description is very detailed. They put it on hyssop with a spunk and a stalk of hyssop, which were to serve of handing it up. Only St. John includes the information that it was a hyssop stick that was used to give Jesus the sour wine. Then Jesus said, it is finished. The work which God had given him to do, he accomplished. This word actually is the expression of the Lord Jesus Christ, of what St. John had expressed by saying, Jesus, knowing that all things were now finished, that the scripture should be fulfilled. So the Lord said, it is finished. This word, it is finished, was not the gasp of worn out life. No, it was deliberate utterance of a clear consciousness that his work was finished. 
and the Father's purpose is accomplished. As the Lord said in John chapter 17, verse 4, that the work you have given me, I have accomplished. Uh, actually, he, the Lord Jesus Christ made God known to men, reconciled people with God, restored us to the kingdom of heaven by his crucifixion. Let's stop here at verse 30, uh, and God willing, we will continue next time. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.